Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today, today is the 5th of September, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show, presented by The Athletic. I am not joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. He's playing hooky on yet another vacation. As he he did say it, he did give us a, a, a warning ahead of time. Uh, so today, I am joined by a very special guest. Uh, one of the more familiar voices out there in Pistons land, the Dean of Pistons Twitter, Lazarus Jackson. Laz, I think this is your third time on the show. Some Something like that. Nicholas, how are you doing? I'm amazing. I can't believe we tried to get this to materialize two weeks ago, but you were also on vacation. Yeah, I was in Charlevoix. It was great. That did end up going well? Oh, yeah, it, it was really nice. So like the, nice. the drive up there, uh, you're not, okay, you're not in Michigan. The drive up there, there's like, the, the, did you hear about the the like rainstorm that like flooded Delta Terminal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like we were driving up like during that, and so like the Oof. first like two hours like weren't fun, and then we got up there and it was like still kind of like rainy and drizzly, and it's like oh, okay, this, this kind of sucks, and then it it broke, and it's like okay, this is actually really nice. So nice, yeah. I haven't really gone on any major uh, road trips yet this summer. I have one that I'm going to be going on this week. I'm going to be going to South Michigan. Uh, for a wedding but i tell you what dude as as excited as i am for the wedding the problem is going to be that we're coming home saturday around noon and i don't know if anybody is aware of what time of year it is but being on the road on a saturday around noon during week two is not exactly so i'm going to be a uh in the passenger seat that entire drive i will not be offering to drive even one time uh i will be watching some college football and in spirit of that laz we're going to do a fun little draft today, but before we do that, you and I were able to talk last night during our first Bunny Cardigan show uh, fantasy football draft. You got a lot in the tank for Colorado right now. Do you want to do a, a tight five to seven on week one of college football? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, point number one, uh, Keon Coleman just like stabbing me in the heart repeatedly. I can't believe MSU let that happen. Peyton Thorne must pay for his crimes. Point number yep. two. Uh, Deion Sanders' son, actually legit good at quarterback, did not see that coming, not going to pretend like I was watching Jackson State last season. Apparently, this is like a real thing, and like he's been good for like the last couple of years. I did not know that. I was unaware that kid can ball. Uh, point three, Graham Mertz. Why, mm-hmm. why, did, why did Florida think Graham Mertz would work? Why? 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 It is the most infuriating thing ever. I was, again, we, we talked about this. I was going off that entire game. First of mm-hmm. all, I was devastated that Cam Rising wasn't playing because he's like my second favorite quarterback in college football right now. He's not one of those dudes that I'm expecting to have like a 15-year career in the NFL, like where Bo Nix is. But but Cam Rising is fun, exactly, right? Yeah. And he like invented his own like helmet company or like something like that. Like the helmet he's wearing, only he wears. It's awesome. Um, But yeah, this like, whole thing that I'm supposed to be convinced that Graham Mertz is awesome because he's a former five-star and like, oh, he's this Big Ten quarterback transferring to the SEC. We'll see how that goes for Peyton Thorne, right? For Graham Mertz, it's not going particularly well at all. And it's clear that Billy Billy Napier does not trust that man even a little bit because the amount of times that he would let him throw more than like seven yards down the field, pretty far and few between. It was a lot of RPO screens. It was a lot of halfback swings out of the backfield, right? I'm watching this game and I got my hand five inches off the ground screaming little ass kid this entire time. And my girlfriend was like she's like man 
she's like, his parents are probably watching. Like his grandparents might be watching. Like think about how, and I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, you can do this in like week seven after you've had enough of me doing this for like two months. But I was like, in week one, I can act like this is the most important thing in the world and the most consequential thing in the world. So watching Florida crash and burn and getting dusted first play of the game. Well, not first play of the game, but Utah's first play on Mm -hmm. offense, 70 yard bomb. uh, It was very reminiscent of the, the Damian Terry, Tyler O'Connor, our star quarterback is out. We need to throw out our backups and have them game, game manage us to this win. Yeah, those are those are some ugly memories. I held no uh, real personal animus towards Florida. I hold no real personal animus towards Billy Napier. I just think that was a dumbass decision. And it's like, I, I get to call you on that. Because like I I watched more Graham Mertz than I care to admit at Wisconsin and it's just like what, what this isn't a thing like I don't I don't care how many stars were next to his name two years ago like this isn't a thing on the Shadur Sanders thing a few I don't know weeks months ago I was one of the people who was like Dion's getting up there talking about all these reporters in the room being like you you know you guys are my age you remember we had to earn our shit we had to earn the, the jersey on our back and I was like you named your son the starting quarterback before he even officially transferred. Like he was still enrolled at Jackson state and you brought him up on the podium and was like, this is your starting quarterback right here. I was like, what about that? I would like to revisit that take and say, I have already written stamped and mailed my apology to Boulder because yeah, like you look at the 40 touchdowns and only six picks at Jackson state and you're like, yeah, but it's like the swack. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like with all due respect, Dude, it's, it's, to th- it's the Asar Thompson thing, right? Where you're like the level of comp, you're like, okay, this guy's probably good, but like it's impossible to tell because he's playing right. against guys that like aren't going to be playing at the next level. So yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, when you're also throwing to Travis Hunter, who by all accounts, uh, is there a word in the English vernacular to describe what he did against TCU? I'm, I'm that man is exhausted. I'm positive. Yeah. I think Dion getting up there after the game and being like, we're going to get a hot tub on the plane just for him. I was like, yeah, honestly, though. And the fact that we get at least one more year of Travis Hunter in college football. Awesome. Uh, My biggest takeaway, I think, from week zero and week one is that USC is in trouble. And it's not because of Caleb Williams, because in each of his first two games, one against San Jose State, where he had a busted play, like a fumbled snap that he ended up turning into the longest touchdown pass of his career, which infuriated me. Uh, And then he had another dud where he was just like running out of bounds and ended up completing like a 40-yard ball against uh, Nevada the other night. But they are going to get cooked on defense because the Pac-12 is probably the best quarterback conference in America right now with like Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, DJ Uyunglele, Cam Rising, um, like we can Michael Penix, right. Right. And the, and the Michael Penix thing is like, do we believe in Washington? They looked good. It it was a rocky start against Boise state, but that second half, they just rolled. I think he ended up throwing like five touchdowns. I didn't watch Washington. Uh, they rolled us last year and that was not fun. I see. I remembered like, I'm like, Oh, it's Indiana. Michael Penix. Like this will be fine. And it it was not, it was not that. Not the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, what do you say we get into uh, today's draft? What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. So it, as the title suggests, we are going to be drafting our top five Pistons. Um, yeah, top five Pistons moments since 2010. So roughly the last decade. 
And the reason we chose this specific year, there are a few of them. One, it's because like, oh, you're just going to take the 2004 championship. It's like, yeah, we don't want to do that. It's like, obviously, that would be the first thing, right? Uh, and the other reason is we've been bad since then. So you really got to get in your bag. You really got to dig deep and think about some stuff. Now, we we discussed this a little bit last night. As is customary here on the show, I did create a big board. Are you still doming this? No. I took I took 30 minutes okay. prior to this, wrote down like a, a top eight. And since we're, we're only going five deep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just five yeah. picks each. Yep. So I wrote down a top eight. And if we have some crossover, I'll dome it. But otherwise, like I got I got I got enough in the backups that like I think I should be good. Okay. And do you want me as is customary to extend Bun and Cardigan hospitality and give you the first pick, or do you want the traditional coin flip? I want the traditional coin flip. Okay. Then as is, uh, as, as this goes, we do two of them. One is to just make sure that you can hear it over zoom. And then the second one is the official one. Okay. So this is the test. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Tails. You hear that? I did. Okay. What do you call? I call tails. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Back to back one ones in the right way, right? The right way. Both you and Zar were like, no, fuck it. Let's do the coin flip. And yeah. I got it both times. All right. Two weeks ago, I did not want the first pick. This week, I do. One one, uh, top Pistons moment since 2010 is the Detroit Pistons winning the lottery in 2021. I think it's pretty easy to look back and think like, you know, as fans, it's, it's always easy to say, like, after you do actually get the first pick, like, man, it, it just felt like it was in the air. And that's kind of what James and I always say, but it really did. It really did feel like it was going to happen that year um, for a year that felt like pretty much the perfect tank. Um, you know, it was coming off of the year that you, you had done the, uh, uh, the core four draft, right. And you just had Sadiq and Isaiah uh, uh, get some all rookie nods. Um, so, so for all of that to culminate into the first pick where you land your guy, the guy that at least you're, you're hoping is your capital G guy, um, you know, in 10 years, assuming that the the plane gets off the runway here, uh, in the next few years, we're always going to look back and, and, and remember, um, hell, even I think if we don't, I think we'll look back and be like, man, but winning the lottery was really cool. So for a decade, uh, that just consisted of a lot of losing a lot of bad trades, a lot of bad acquisitions, a lot of bad coaches. Um, it felt like things were, were finally starting to head in the right direction for Detroit. So that's my first pick. What do you think? That's a, that's a great pick. I, it, I gotta say like the, the point about the vibes, I'm not, I'm not a huge vibes guy, but the, the vibes were there for them getting the number one pick that season. That was the first time they'd moved up in like 20 years or something crazy. And after season, after season, after season of just feeling like, oh man, we're like a pick away from DeMarcus Cousins. Like, oh man, it's like we're we're taking Brandon Knight and Kemba Walker sitting right there. Or uh, just like- Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it finally felt good to both- get the number one overall pick and not have anything like not have anything fall. Uh, and also be like, okay, well the guy that they just hired 
is known for his draft acumen. And so I feel like he's going to get this pick right. Right. Um, I, I flash back a little bit to uh, the, the near unanimous uh, thought that like it would be Cade uh, going into that draft. Um, there's like a tiny smidgen of like, maybe it should be Jalen Green. Like maybe it should be Evan Mobley. And I think it's borne out that like it shouldn't have been Jalen Green and maybe it could have been Evan Mobley, but I think Cade was still the right pick, the correct pick. And I still think that like Cade's going to take them to where they want to go. I got, I got some Cade moments on my list already, which is, which is wild as a, uh, as a guy who's played like less than, I think less than 82 NBA games. Yeah. Moments, plural moments, plural. Wow. Okay. What do you got for your first pick? So my first pick is not a Cade moment. Okay. My <laughs> my first pick is uh, Game Three in 2018. Uh, it's off the board. Sorry, Nick. Uh, that was that was my second or third time at LCA. That 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 atmosphere. I went there in person. Uh, met up. We had like a there was like a Pistons Twitter like meetup thing. Yep. Got the got the TV segment with Johnny Kane and everything. Got to meet a lot of internet people in person. That was cool. And then, like, to borrow a wrestling term, like, the pop when, like, Blake came out and is announced for the starting lineup in the arena. It's like that that feeling, that rush, like, that. that is what sports is all about. I can't wait until we have that feeling again and, like, don't lose a playoff game in the process. But, yeah, like, that, to me, that's, like, a legit, like, capital M moment in uh in this like morass of Pistons fandom over the last 10 years, 13 years. Blake, Blake Griffin wearing the biggest knee brace you've literally ever seen in your entire life. And, and like, I tell you what, he's going to Willis read this shit. Yeah, seriously. And I tell you what, my biggest memory, it's funny that you bring up the Pistons Twitter meetup. Cause I was going to, I'm so happy you, I mean, you were there, so you remember it, but I almost called off of work at hot topic that day. Because I was crushed that I wasn't able to go, that I wasn't able to be there. And like I was looking at tickets like an hour before my shift, but I was closing and like I was the only one that was working. So I was like, I have to go to work today. And I was devastated. I have to ask for for posterity. Uh, was that because I don't want to overlap picks because I think this would be cheating. So I just want to confirm that I have to strike this off the board. Was it game three or game four that right before halftime, Reggie had the putback? I think, I think it that was, was game four. That's what I thought. Okay, so okay. I I'm just I just tipped a pick, but yeah, I yeah. can still leave it on the board. Um, the biggest thing about that Bucks series is it was different from the 16 Cleveland series in the sense that, like, I think we got more handily beaten in mm-hmm. each of the four. Like, I think the Cavs series, I think every single game was was within single digits. I think. Um, if you go to the Buck series, though, it was game th- like game one and game two wash game one and game two in Milwaukee wash. No, no shot. But three and four, because Blake was back, it was like he was putting I had just never seen it. Well, not never seen, but it had been a while since I had seen somebody wearing my team's uniform try so hard to will his team to a win that just wasn't there. That was never going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great pick. Great first pick from you. Um, before we get to the second pick. Let's take a quick break. Okay. My second pick, there's a lot of pressure here. 
people in our fantasy draft talking a lot of shit that I can't draft. So I want to make sure I want to make sure I nail this. Let's let's stick with Blake. In spirit, yours wasn't technically with Blake. My second pick, I'm going to go Blake Griffin scoring 50 points against the Philadelphia 76ers. It was the culmination of, you know, less than a year after we finally get our guy, we finally get a, a quote unquote star, right? The Pistons were kind of hot out the gate that year. Um, I don't remember if it was Simmons or Embiid that wasn't playing in that game, but it was kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Do we kind of have a chance? And, you know, it had been since I think rip that the Pistons had had somebody score 50. Like it had been a while. It had been so long that when rip had did that, I wasn't even watching the team anymore. Like I, that's like, I had never seen a piston score 50. Um, yeah. And for it to come from him, you know, everybody loves to do the thing when you acquire a, a star in the middle of the season, you know, in training camp the following year, it's like, this is his first full off season. With all the guys, this is his, they're building chemistry. People love to do that thing. And like I said, when the Pistons start as, as as well as they did, you know, including that 50 piece and that beautiful and one at the end of the game to give him the 50, right? Mm -hmm. um, it really just felt like this Blake and Andre thing might work. This like Reggie Jackson is our point guard and this is going to work. Um you know, I don't I don't know if at that point we were talking about a championship, but we were talking about the playoffs and at least that ended up happening. Um, and what ended up being probably the most one of the more transcendent seasons that we had seen from a player in recent years, because Blake's three ball, it went a mile that year. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that was such an incredible way to to start it off. So Blake's 50 piece against Philadelphia. Nick. I did not even put this on my board because I Whoa. knew it, I knew it would go. I knew it would go quick. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, let me, I was like, I'm not getting this guy. It's like, okay, if I'm picking seventh, it's like, all right, well, I can't do at the one, two, like at the one, two turn, like there are just some guys I'm not going to get. It's like the yep. Blake 50, 50 point game. I'm not going to get that. I'm just not. So it's fine. But you like it though. If you could, oh, no, if you... Great, great pick, great pick. Great okay, pick. cool, cool. It's yeah. not about it's not about the value of the pick. It's just that you knew he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, okay. I like it. What do you got next? All right. So, uh, Nick, let me tell you a story. Okay. So, I'm getting married, right? And we are meeting the woman who's going to be the officiant for our wedding in a Panera, so we can like talk to her about like you know our relationship. And like what she needs to know to officiate our wedding. Uh, as we're driving, I get a call from a friend who never calls me. Like I, I love this dude to death, but he's one of those like college friends where you like, oh, we got some classes together. Like you, oh, you say what's up, and like you graduate, and like you don't really talk. Like things kind of drift apart, but like you're still boys, right? You're still cool. So like he calls me out of the blue i'm like what like why is eric calling me like what's up and he's like yo did you see and i'm like no like what happened he's like bro josh smith just got cut <laughs> and so i am driving to meet my wedding officiant in a panera off of 96 just like whooping and hollering and going crazy in the car that i don't have to watch josh smith anymore and my future wife is like, what is wrong with you? 
Like, who are you? Like, what even is happening? And I was like, just let me have this, please. please. The witch is dead. Yeah. So the, the moment, so not only the moment that Josh Smith got cut, but the manner in which I found out that Josh Smith got cut will always be very, very precious to me. So thank you, Josh Smith, for not being here anymore and being a part of my eternal memories. It's such a hater pick. I love it. That is the essence of this podcast. I love it so much. And I do agree with you that the added like sort of where you were in the moment, it just mm -hmm. makes it so much better. Like that's one of James's best stories is when Blake got traded here, like he was going to a casino with his friend that he hadn't seen in a while. And he had to turn the car around and be like, sorry, we just traded sure. for Blake Griffin. Right. So, uh, that's an awesome story. It's an awesome pick. It did take a few years to get him off the books that we were still paying him for a little while. You know, I think at this point we, we talked about this. It's not my money, not having to watch him. Yeah. Right. Like that, that was the win, you know, the $6 million in the cap or whatever. Like it was annoying. They hard capped himself for Lakes and Galloway because of it. It's fine. I did not have to watch that man on my team anymore. And that was worth, so much i gotta tell you dude shame on me for not even putting that on my list i did not even i was thinking like like inherently happy like blake scoring 50 winning the lottery i didn't good, good even for think you yeah 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 i, I, I guess I got right? hate in my heart i'm sorry yeah no 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 <laughs> i love it seriously i love it it's an awesome pick it's an awesome pick i'm gonna move on third pick i got a few here that i'm really into but I've already gotten one and two on my big board. And number three is still there. So I might as well just go with that. I kind of accidentally tipped this pick earlier. I'm going to go the 2020 NBA draft when we selected the core four. Now, let me explain this for a minute. Okay. Sure. Sure. It was Troy Weaver's first draft. And you went into that night with like a first rounder. And a second rounder, I think maybe you had a handful of seconds, like maybe, you know, like one or two or something, but you had the seventh pick and then you had your stuff later in the second. And it was the first time that we got to see how Troy Weaver operates in the NBA draft, which, by the way, has more or less been consistent throughout his tenure. He wants his early guy and then he wants one or two guys in the middle. He did it with the IV draft. He did it with the the this draft that we just had. Granted, Sasser, it was a little bit later in the first, but the point still remains. He wanted two guys in the first and, you know, for a Pistons team that was not always the most active in the draft to come away with three first round picks, two of them of the later two, by the way, not even Killian, but the later two that you got in the middle ended up being on the all rookie team. Um, you know, the Saban Lee experience in the second round, that was fun, I guess. But ultimately, we knew he was a second round guy and, he, you know, uh, it was such an exciting week. There were so many deals happening. Uh, on our end specifically, you know, we had flipped the roster in so many different ways. You didn't really know who was on the team, who wasn't on the team. Um, but it sort of set the the table and set set a precedence for what it's like watching your team draft if Troy Weaver is your general manager. And I think every single year we kind of hold it up to that 2020 draft. And we're like, was it as exciting as that one? Usually no, mm -hmm. but uh 
it was, it will always hold a special place in my heart because it really felt like, you know, again, if, if, if we do turn the corner that we're expecting, it started with that night. It started with Troy's first draft. Um, and I know I'm going a lot of recent history here, but Hey, the team was really bad for like 10 years. So, uh, yeah, 2020 NBA draft. What do you think? I love it. It was very much like there is a new sheriff in town, right? We Things are going to be different. We are going to handle the draft differently. Um, Troy was very aggressive in that draft. And it was interesting, too, because like I didn't love the Stewart pick at the time. And I remember like that was the thing that like we were kind of divided on as a as a family, as a Pistons family. It's like, why did they, you know, spend this future first round pick to get this guy? They just cleaned out, they've cleaned out everyone in the roster for this guy who's going to be like a backup center. And like now, now look at where we are with Stu, right? Like he's, he's everything. He's the heart and soul of the team. And so it's just, it's really funny. Of course, this is always tinged with like a little bit of regret for me. I had Killian one on the big board. I still get people mad at me for like having Killian one on the big board, even though unlike some people, I can change my mind. I can change my priors. And so would I do that again? No. No, I would not. But, and, and I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, just knowing that things were going to be different under Troy Weaver and then, like, seeing it right away was definitely just like, yeah, okay, things are things are going to be good, I think. I think KOC still catches a lot of shit from Pistons fans specifically about all his pre-draft Killian Hayes Pistons stuff. fans got long memories, bro. Yeah. Long memories. Yeah. But here's the thing. We say it on this show all the time. Let's not rewrite history. Most of us wanted him. Yeah. The camp yeah. that wanted Tyrese Halliburton existed. I was in it, was it at smaller, one point. But it was smaller. Yeah, but it existed. But it existed. Yeah. And I remember at the time is when I was writing for Piston Powered and the amount of times that I would have to write up a little profile on Tyrese Halliburton. And every single time I'm like, this dude's jumper is so whack, but it goes in a lot. Like a sneaky a lot of times. The apex of it is so clunky, but it goes in a lot. Um, but you just watched Killian and you were like, I just, I want this more. I don't know why, but I want it more. Um, and a lot of us had to put a hand up, but yeah. What do you got next? All right. Next up is a personal favorite of mine. It's the Brandon Jennings 2020 game against Orlando. It's like that, that felt like an, like an apex of something, right? It was like, okay, like we have figured out the point guard position as like this four out thing or this uh stan van gundy led like not too big thing like might work a little bit better than we're expecting jennings is just like a super fun dude to watch play like no he wasn't always good but like yeah he was hella fun to watch like when he was on and that night he was on throwing like alley-oops off the backboard to dre for this 20th assist he's like screaming at the ceiling the palace is going crazy and it, it felt like it felt like, and that was like after the Josh Smith got cut. So it felt like the, it felt like that was like the turnaround is like legit happening. Like we're going to legit do this. And you know, it's obviously like, it was just like Icarus, right? He like flew too close to the sun. Like two weeks later, he tears his Achilles is never the same guy. Right. And then the Pistons have been like wandering the point guard desert uh, ever since. Uh, well, they got Cade. Yeah, I mean, they did. Yeah, they got, they got Cade. So let me, let me not do that. But uh is it it precipitated the Reggie Jackson trade, which like yep. re- precipitated like all these like the Ishmith thing, and then like all these like really bad third string point guards that always played because Reggie was always hurt, and it was just like it was a thing, it was a thing. 
but we will always have Brandon Jennings screaming at the uh, ceiling. I'll always remember that after uh, the, getting the 20th assist. And like he, he knew he was at like 19, right? Like he knew. He was like, yo, I'm going for this. I was going to say, you know, we, we like to save honorable mentions for the end, but I mm-hmm. didn't write this down. So I'm just going to throw this out there because you bring up the Brandon Jennings injury, which led to us getting in on the Reggie Jackson sweepstakes. I thought about putting that on the list, like just trading for Reggie Jackson, because, you know, at the time, Brandon Jennings goes down, but at all-star weekend, Reggie Jackson was wearing the bad boys hat and everybody was like, Oh, that's cool. And then a few weeks later, he's like on the team and we get in on this deal and he like sends out a tweet and he's like, just woke up from a nap. And he's like on his hands and knees, like thanking God that he's not playing for the Oklahoma city thunder anymore. And that he's not Russell Westbrook's teammate anymore. And it was like, you know, to have this young 24 year old point guard who we know can play Mm -hmm. a guy who looks like he wants to play for Detroit, or at least is just happy to have a new opportunity. um, It like was really refreshing and it felt really, really exciting. You give him that five for 80 deal. um, And, you know, like you said, we all remember it. He, He did not play all the time. But and the and you know at the end of it things got pretty ugly. Um, I think I made the right choice. I wouldn't have drafted it, but mm-hmm. leaving it off the list entirely. What do you think? No, I I didn't have it on my big board, but I wouldn't fault you if you did. It's nice to be wanted, right? And yeah. Reggie like wanted to be here. That was and that felt good. In a time where it, it was like the the history Not, was like right, it was Josh yeah. Smith, Charlie V, Ben Gordon, like yeah. Jason Maxiel, all due respect. Dudes did not want to be here, right? Right, and he did. That meant something. Um, moving on, this is my fourth pick. Winding down here, I have number four, but I don't want it on my big. I don't. I I don't want it. So I'm gonna do a, an unorthodox one, and you can veto this if you want. Because I don't know if it counts. Okay. I don't know if it counts. Okay. The Pistons returning to downtown Detroit. Ooh. No, this counts. This absolutely this counts. counts. This okay. Counts. The I now I know there are always going to be that contingency of Red Wings fans out there who have a lot of malice in their hearts because the winged wheel was originally supposed to be on top of the dome at LCA, and now it's just like the little Caesars guy. And admittedly, yeah, that would have been sick. Like, it would have been awesome. But it's so much cooler to have all four of your teams within, like, a six-block radius of each other. It's awesome, right? Um, The venue's awesome. The arena really is. Like, I mean, well, here's the sneaky truth is, like, it's an arena. Like, that's it. That's it. It's an arena. The palace was, like, fine. Like, it was fine. Um, I don't, I didn't really think the Pistons needed to move. I, my favorite thing about the palace was leaving was really easy. (laughs) <laughs> you just like that was it. You didn't have to wait that long. You yep. just got on the freeway and you went home yep. um, and you don't have to navigate that like 10 or 15 minutes of of different, you know, interstate changes and exits and stuff like that. Um, but the Pistons returning home in what was that? 17, 18, 17, I think 17. Right. Um, you bring Eminem out. You know, James likes to tell the story that when he saw Eminem that night, he like had an aura. It was the first time he ever saw somebody who like had an aura. Um, But yeah, the Pistons leaving Auburn Hills, moving to downtown Detroit is my fourth pick. I love this pick. This pick was not on my board, but I love this pick because it did mean 
like it meant something to the city, right? To get all four teams back within city limits. And like you said, like within like a 10 minute walk of each other, more or less. Um, There, there, there had been a lot of narratives written about Detroit uh, in the years, like preceding that the bankruptcy and everything. And it just, the, it improved the, the standing of the city in the minds of the people who actually live in the city. Right. Like a, I've talked to people for whom that mattered a lot, right? Like they felt like their pistons were inaccessible because they were 45 minutes away in Auburn Hills and to have it returned to them, it like, it meant something to them. So like, yeah, that's, that's apps. That's a great pick. That's a great picnic. I wish, I wish I would have thought of that. Like that's a, that's a very good pick. Shit. I'm excited. I don't know. It's so cool. Like I've always wanted to be one of those people who it's like, you know, if it's in the spring or if it's in the fall or something, you know, you have people who will go to a Tigers game or a Lions game in the afternoon. And then at night they just go across the street and they catch a Pistons game or they catch a Red Wings game. Like that's such a fun day to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, like you said, with all the, the, uh, the economic sort of uh, stuff that goes into this um, all around, love it. That's my fourth pick. What do you got for yours? All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick a Cade moment. Uh, This is, this isn't like the first moment where I was like, oh my God, this dude's him. But this is this is the one that sticks out the most clearly to me. Uh, and it's a random moment, which makes it even better. Because uh, like I knew this wasn't going to be on your board. So, against Toronto, his rookie year. Toronto, they under Nick Nurse, they're coming out. They're doing their zone bullshit. Uh, Nick Nurse is doing his weird coaching shit. And Cade sees Hami cutting baseline and throws a laser bounce pass through three levels of defense, right? Like, top, like, if they're playing, uh, like, a 1-3-1, he throws it, like, past the first guy, past the second line of defense, past the guy at the rim, and, like, Hami catches it and dunks in one motion. And I was like, the the amount of dudes in the NBA who can even see that play, A, the amount of dudes who have the audacity to try and make that play, B, and, like, the amount, the amount of guys who actually can make the play happen, C is just like, oh my god, this guy, this guy's got it. Like this guy's got it. Like and, we did it. Yes, and like it's one basket, right? And it's against Toronto. And like yeah, we beat Toronto all, all three times, like his rookie year, and like that felt nice. But and like it's a basket that like is gonna show up on his uh, like NBA.com like ten minute like Kate Kate is the truth like highlight reel. But it's not gonna be like it's not pushing off Jokic and like hitting the step back three, right? Like people aren't gonna immediately like cling to it but like that's the moment for me it was just like we have a dude who sees the game at a level at his age that is so rare and like he's ours like he's not going anywhere for seven years between like rfa and just the way like contracts work like he's not going anywhere like this is this is him like this is us mm-hmm. it's like we got it so yeah i will that that bounce pass to hami on the baseline just like always stands out to me so just for posterity as i'm tracking all of these picks so I have for you so far, Josh Smith getting waived. Awesome yep. pick. Brandon Jennings, 20 point, 20 assist game against Orlando. And what would that have been? 2015. Uh, if it was right before he blew his Achilles and we traded yeah, for Reggie, that was 2015. Um, game three uh, against Milwaukee, just the atmosphere, the vibes, the everything that you know preceded it. 
And then I, this one kind of looks funny on paper. You did a great job explaining it. Cade bounce pass to Hamadou in Toronto. <laughs> it was that it was in Detroit. This is versus Toronto. Oh, okay. But, okay. But okay, yeah, I I see what you're saying, <laughs> right? But it it made sense in my head. Okay. <laughs> you explained it great. You explained it super duper well. I'm just saying optically <laughs> on paper, are your people are gonna be like, what the fuck? What happened here? What was that? Like if I put Killian like spin pass against Oklahoma City. Like I like would people remember it? I don't know. Um I've taken this think of it as like uh the the moment where like it unlocked to me that like Cade was in fact him. Right. right? As right. opposed to just like the actual action of just like just one bounce pass against like one team in one game is rookie season. All right. James like, would the, the moment I thought Cade was him. James would be on here like, yeah, we were playing Indiana in the middle of December. Isaiah Stewart set this highway screen, and I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Um, okay, it's my last pick. completely out of the play. <laughs> my last pick, I've taken this pretty seriously up to this point. Let me just quickly uh, recap my picks. Uh, winning the 2021 NBA lottery, Blake Griffin scores 50 points in 2018. The 2020 NBA draft setting the table for what was uh, uh, to come in, in, in Troy's tenure as a drafter. Um, and the Pistons returning to downtown Detroit. What do you say I throw my board out the window and I go with a meme pick for my last pick that just came to mind? Is this Odell at 50? Shut up. No. <laughs> We'll discuss that next week. I know James is going to want to get his. For those who are curious what that is about, we did an auction league last night. No, no, no. And... no tell him next week. Tell him next week. All right. My last pick. Do you want me to roll with the meme pick? You like this? Do it. Game four against Milwaukee. Blake Griffin chanting, ref, you suck, along with the crowd. Iconic all-decade team moment there from a guy who we knew was hilarious we knew he was a comedian we knew he was like you know and in that moment he wasn't even like being funny like he was just annoyed he was mm -hmm. just the entire season had just built up um bearded blake was like he had had too much like the i can't imagine how much fluid must have been in his knee like he was he was dying and he was just getting dogged by Giannis and brooke lopez this entire game um, and I'm sure he just sort of organically was like, ref, you suck, ref, you suck. But I, I really give credit to the TNT guys out in the truck outside the stadium for having the presence of mind to be like, cut to camera three and get Blake doing this. Even if it was for like two seconds, we got it. Uh, it was immortalized because if that didn't happen, we would have never have known. So my final pick, Blake Griffin chanting with the fans, ref, you suck, uh, uh, in game four against Milwaukee. Not a pick I would have made, but a pick that is definitely quintessentially Nicholas Henkel. So it just came to mind, and I was like, I've taken this seriously up to this point. Why don't I throw out something funny? And yeah. I mean it too. Yeah. So two Blake I, I, moments I on this do. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What makes it funny is that I know yeah. you need it. We'll go over my honorable mentions and we can discuss if any of them should have replaced him. But for, yeah. for your final pick, what do you got? Uh so I'm looking at my board and I'm debating. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Reggie Jackson's 40 ball against Portland. The big fourth quarter comeback. Uh, early in the season, uh, early in the season, they made the playoffs. So it was like early in the 15-16 season. Um, it was like, oh, like, 
we're like we're doing this. Like this is happening. Like we're we're a legit we're a legit playoff squad this year. Like we just came into Portland and beat Dame in the fourth quarter. Like it wasn't Dame time that night. And I actually stayed up to watch this game because Dame's my guy and I love watching Dame. Uh, so I was watching this game live and like going into the second half, I'm like, I should turn this shit off and just like not endure this anymore. And I, my faith was rewarded, right? Reggie just like pounding the ball, being like, yeah, yeah, in the fourth quarter as the fans are like filing out. Like that's that's a good moment. That's a good moment. And I would like, I'm not going to forget that one, right? Like when I was putting together the board, like that one was like third. And I was like, mm. I shouldn't pick this third, but like it, it, it was up there for me. I, I wish we got more of that skipping a hop that Reggie does now. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that as much. Into, he definitely did. You know what I'm talking about? That little hop that he does the, when he's like, going down the, the floor. The Bugs Bunny, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, he's like kind of galloping. The One of my favorite things that I've ever gotten to see in a live basketball game, I went to a Clippers-Lakers game like a year and a half ago. It was when Reggie Jackson hit a game winner. And he's like skipping down the court and everybody in the because it was, I think, technically a Clippers home game. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were technically more Clipper fans there. Obviously, it's the same arena. So it's like not really a home game. But you know what I mean? Um, Everybody in our section is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, take that shit seriously, Reggie. And he just goes and like dives at the basket and puts it up. And like the buzzer goes and he hits the shot. And it was like I couldn't believe that I was hearing an arena being like Reggie Jackson, like just won us a game. Um. You know, it's pretty well documented at this point that Reggie's time with the Clippers like was good. It wasn't for nothing. And I think everybody would agree that fashion wise, Reggie Jackson, like Clippers, Reggie Jackson is his peak with like the 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 headband, with the goggles, with the with all of it. Can I give you an NBA fashion? Maybe this is a a take. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if this is a capital T take. I don't know if this is is italicized. People don't miss the ninja headbands as much as they think they do. They miss them because they got banned. And they shouldn't have, by the way. They shouldn't have, and it's stupid that they did. You do not care about them as much as you think you do. You just want them because you can't have them. That's it. Is it the ninja headbands are a martyr, right? Like nobody cared when he was alive, but when they're dead, it's like, oh, this matters to me? Yeah, okay. I can see that. There we go. Um. So that, that was your last pick, right? That was all That was five. my last pick. That was my last pick. All right. What do you say? Let's take a quick break, and then we will go over some honorable mentions. Okay. I have a few here. I did tip one of these uh, early on. I think it was your first pick. Reggie Jackson, game four, right before halftime, has a put-back dunk, and I think it was Harlan on the call. Banger call. Parachuting in. Reggie Jackson parachuting in. It was an, It was a great call. It was a great moment. It really made you feel like I don't really remember what the score situation was in that moment, but it made you feel like we're not getting swept. This is going five. I'm okay with the gentleman sweep. Gentleman sweep, yeah. Right, but win this one at home. Um, and it was one of I think Reggie's finer moments in Detroit. So that was my first one. Um, I think there are going to be some people that are upset that we didn't take Sadiq scoring fifty. Hmm. Um. It was number four on my big. That was the one I was like, I don't want to do this, and I took Detroit. I'm to, I'm sorry, I took the Pistons yeah, yeah. moving to Detroit instead. Yeah. Um. It was. Uh, what's funny? I was when I was you know looking into all this, I actually ended up finding a really interesting article 
talking about how it was one of the most unlikely 50 point games um, ever. And they had just based that off of what their scoring average was going into that game. And if you just based it off of that, it was like the sixth most quote unquote improbable 50 point game ever next to like Terrence Ross and like (laughs) Jamal Crawford, you know? Um, So that was cool. I think maybe if Sadiq was still on the team, I think that gets picked. Um, it's like, well, Blake Griffin's not on the team. Yeah, it's different though. That's different. Come on, guys. Like, yeah, come on. Let's be let's be for real. Uh, and then final honorable mention. I thought this would be corny, and I thought I would get booed. But like, Troy Weaver getting hired. That's it. Just him getting hired as general manager. And the reason that like I don't think it's a good pick is because he hasn't won anything. He. Yeah. We like to think he's drafted guys that are pretty good and are going to work out. And I believe that we have, but we don't know that yet. You know what? Just like tuck that one under your like 2020 draft night one. Right. Sure. And like you're, you're, you're on the same wavelength. Like you're, you're kind of there. Right. Yeah. They're married in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, the, you know, like it, am I putting hiring Bonnie Williams on here? Dude hasn't coached a game. Like, no, I'm not. That, doing that's that. aggressive. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. that close, right? But it didn't even make my big board. Um, what did what, what did you have? Did you have any that, that went undrafted? All right, honorable mentions. Uh Killian outdueling Luka Doncic. That happened. <laughs> People forget. I remember that happened. Uh remember that time Seku dunked on Tristan Thompson? Oh, like... what a whiff by both of us. That should be on here. That's my honorable that's in my honorable mentions. I have it on my board. It was. It's on the list. Yeah. But like, that would that like led the jump. Like people were hype about this moment. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But that that turned out to be nothing. But uh, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, Definitely. I'm a sicko, so I have the Bruce Brown summer league triple double. Bro, same. I didn't even mention it because I was like, I'm not putting this down. He was the second player in the modern era of the summer league to ever put up a triple double behind Lonzo ball. And it kind of felt like this moment where we were like, did we find his position? Is he right. this is kind like, of is like he a guy? Like, is this is a guy? He, yeah. Can he play a little point guard? Is he like this sort of like NBA, like center fielder? Like Zach Lowe always likes to talk about how Bruce Brown seemingly made up his own position in the NBA when he was with Brooklyn. Right. And it was like, well, I'd argue that all the shit that he was doing with Brooklyn, he was doing with Detroit. It's just, nobody gave a shit about it. It was because he was playing with a bad team, but right. that Bruce Brown year two, Summer League, bro, I'm so with you on this. We are collectively picking this as our sixth pick, not officially on the record, but I'm so happy that we're on the same page with this. I agree with you. Bruce Brown, triple-double. And then last but not least, Jalen Duran dunking all over Chuma Okiki in the first game. We're just like, oh, he's just, he's just going to dunk on somebody every single game. This is mm-hmm. going to be great. Like, I can't wait for this. Really, really good. You had one yesterday as like a meme pick, the Blake one with Luke. Why don't you talk about that? <laughs> this did not make the list. This is definitely a meme pick. But it was going to be like every single time Blake yelled at Luke to just shoot the effing ball. Which happened multiple times. A lot. Yeah, it wasn't. A it lot. was not infrequent. It happened a lot. Uh, the other one. Uh, I brought this up to James when we were talking last week off the show. Uh, he said it was too niche. He said he didn't know how it would play, but the avocado game. And the biggest <laughs> thing, the the biggest thing with this, for those of you okay, who don't that, remember. That is super niche. 
the Pistons played a game against Dallas and Mexico City. It's the one that I'm sure people have seen the meme of like Luca speaking Spanish to the crowd. And he's like, you know, he's obviously fluent. He played with Madrid. Uh, and then Blake just gets the mic and is like, hola. And it's like really funny, right? Well, what people don't remember about that game is that Andre Drummond had like an allergic reaction to an avocado uh, like the night before or the morning of or something like that. And the reason I didn't pick it is because I'm pretty sure he just was like fine in the game. Like he didn't go for like 20 and 20 like we were all hoping he would. Like we mm-hmm. thought the avocado game was about to be like a moralized as like an S tier meme. It's kind of like C tier. It's more of like a, if you remember it, it's it's funny. But if you weren't there, who cares? So avocado game did not make the cut. That's that is very, 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 very niche. So I understand why it did not make the cut. That also reminds me of one of my favorite Andre Drummond moments was him making that like sidestep three against Cat in Minnesota. Like in Minnesota, to, well, yeah. yeah. And Cat just being like, "What? What? 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 What?" In the Minnesota announcing team being like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah. Yeah. It was like this, this this like moment of like, so him working out in those like empty gyms in like LA Fitness, like, did that work? Well, and it's also like, Cat was like 0-10 against Andre to like start his career, right? And they're just like, are we just never going to beat the Pistons? The, the yeah. Pistons of all teams? Like, We are to the Timberwolves what the Hornets are to like, us. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Man, I, I was going to go to the Hornets game this year, and I'm not because I'm going to go to uh, – the only Hornets game this year is like the second game of the year, and it's on a back-to-back. So it's like mm-hmm. it's super early in the season. Um, and I'm going to go to the Trailblazers game anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just like every year it's like, do I go to the Hornets game? Like, do I go to the game that's closest to me? It's like, but I know no matter how bad the Hornets are, they're going to win. So no, I'm not going to this game. Yeah. And at this point, can I ask you something about that arena? Is it true that they have like Jordan Bulls stuff in there? Uh, last time I was there, they did, but that was like a while ago. So well, I guess if he's he now he sold his stake, so probably not anymore. I mean, like I assume Jordan stuff is still popular, right? Like he's still he's still a minority owner, right? He still owns like a little slice of the team. Oh, does he have a little bit? Yeah, he has a little bit. Are you still going to the Portland game if that trade ends up happening? Yeah, I want to see Cade versus Scoot. Both of those guys are. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that Killian versus Shaden Sharp. Ooh. Ooh, there's a little something there, maybe. Do you think is Cat the next guy to ask for a trade? Man, Cat don't. You know what? I'm gonna keep my cat thoughts. Well, no, because what you were about to say is kind of what my question was. Because I swear to God, this is what you were about to say. Are we sure that a GM doesn't just like if Cat walks into your office and is like, "I want out of here," are you just kind of like, <laughs> "Okay," and like that's it? Like you're like, "Oh, I'm sure you do." And like, then, like, boy, if you don't go sit down somewhere, right? Right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like. With all due, like, are we sure that any GM is going to take that seriously and be like, no, I'm giving up like two firsts, maybe like a pick swap and like a B tier guy? I don't know. I would. I would, but I'm not a GM. That's why I love the fake cat for Trey trade because it's two guys who their GMs would look at them and be like, if you don't go sit down somewhere, stop asking for a trade and just play better. So it's like the. I can't look at you any more challenge trade for both teams, right? 
I hadn't really thought about that with Trey Young, but I think you're right that he's definitely in that ilk too. Do you know, you remember the Kevin Herter, Zach Lowe podcast? Where no, I don't know he, about this. No. Okay. So normally when they're like, Hey, like, you know, did you like playing with X player? Like, Oh yeah, he was great. Like, you know, even, even if it goes sour, they're like, no, nah, I mean, I still got a lot of love for that guy. Blah, blah, blah. Kevin Herter was like, no, yeah, it can, it can be kind of hard to play with Trey sometimes. And it's like, whoa, like even Kevin Herter is like, yo, like, whoa. yeah, this, this is difficult. So it's like that that was a big eyebrow moment for me where it's like, I don't I don't know if dudes want to play with this guy all the time, right? I didn't know about that. I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. I don't Kevin, imagine though that Kevin Herter is a great listener. I mean, like, he didn't he didn't throw him under the bus, but it was just like eyebrow raising that he would even like mention that like, yeah, like Trey's like not an amazing teammate sometimes. I tell you what. I was looking at, I was like refreshing my podcast like the other morning because I just needed something to listen to. And I had listened to all my stuff for the week, mm-hmm. which is like such a when it's like Saturday and you're just like, I need like I have like I have to do this task for like 45 minutes, but I've already listened to all of my podcast for the week. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I hadn't noticed that. And I don't know if he's maybe back now, but like Zach Lowe is just on summer vacation, which good for him. Good for him. He should be. He works really, really hard. He shouldn't have the podcast. I get it. It's, it's awesome. I would love that though if i just like didn't have to if i just like could like turn my brain off and like didn't have to i mean i guess james is for the last you know two out of the last three weeks which he deserves because he actually works and he actually does this thing uh already laz you you can't say this to me because my podcast is also on a hiatus right are you i guess you were just talking about that last night well that was gonna i was gonna transition into my next thing which is before we get off, do you have anything that you want to promo? Anything that you want to guess up? What are you working on? What do you want the people to know? So, uh, I would, Nick, I want to thank you for having me on. I did an appearance on the Pistons Pulse podcast a couple weeks back. People should check that out. I did my yearly uh, team preview with Dan Favalli over Bleacher Report on the Hardwood Knox podcast. You should check that out. That was very comprehensive. I was very nice to Cade. I was very nice to Jalen Duran. As not as nice to James Wiseman. People should definitely check out that podcast. Um, and then there is no announcement on what was formerly the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. Still working it out. We'll we'll see. I've I have heard everyone that's like, "Yo, are you guys coming back?" And I appreciate the the love that people have given for sure. But I, I don't know. I don't know. That's all. That that's the answer I'm, I got. I'm sorry. It's an unsatisfying one. Leaving the people in suspense. They'll know when they know. Well, like, so should I just like, if I decide to go back, should I just like not say anything and then just like have people like refresh the podcast feed and be like, oh, they're back? Type no, of literally, so we, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. Just, like, do it big. Okay. Like, no, just Beyonce them and just drop it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, dude. Uh, do you want to say something? I don't. I don't want to make you say anything mean, but do you have anything mean to say about James Wiseman on here? You want to reiterate anything really quick? Just that he, uh, so Steve Henson, who used to do basketball stuff for us over at Detroit Bad Boys, at the end of the season had like this 20 tweet thread about how James Wiseman was the single most selfish basketball player he'd ever seen in his entire life. And it was super hard to refute like any of what he was saying. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.